The summer months are often a time when families travel together, perhaps vacation, a family reunion, or just a quick trip to grandma's house. These road trips can either be miserable or days when wonderful memories are made. What a picture of all of life. We are just passing through this world and families must learn how to enjoy the Lord and one another as we make the journey together. We are taking a summer road trip through the book of Philippians, the book of Christian joy, and discovering principles to help our homes. Let's join Scott Pauley now for today's study. In 1900, they conducted a survey of average American families, and they simply asked these households to make a list of all the indispensable things they thought they needed to live, everything they would need to be to be comfortable and to be contented people. And the average uh, American home listed 72 things. This was in 1900, 72 things that they needed to make them happy. And they came back 50 years later, 1950, and they conducted the exact same survey. Now listen to this. By 1950, the average U.S. household listed 496 things they needed to be happy. Imagine in half a century, it had gone from 72 things to 496 things on the list. I shudder to think if they did that survey today, how many things would be on the list? Because we've become so spoiled, so pampered, and so accustomed to thinking that we have to have all these things to be contented people. We return with that thought in mind today to Philippians chapter 4 and to a passage of Scripture that I think is so helpful to families at this particular juncture. Remember, we're, we're studying 10 habits of happy homes. We've identified several already. Let's review. In the opening verses, we learned you have to get over quarrels, choose joy every day, treat one another gently, turn every care to prayer and every trial to thanks, guard and guide our thought life, and follow good examples. Now we come to number seven on our list. It begins in verse 10. But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at the last your care of me hath flourished again, wherein you were also careful, but you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. There it is. If you want a happy heart and a happy home, learn to be content. He continues in the next verse, verse 12. I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. You know that verse, Philippians 4.13, is perhaps one of the most famous life verses of people. Athletes love to use it in connection to winning a game. But did you ever notice the context of Philippians 4.13? Uh, the, the strength of Christ is connected to a life of contentment. Not having everything you want, not winning every game, not doing everything you imagine to do, but rather learning to live joyfully in any circumstance. In fact, he says in verse number 12, everywhere and in all things. So geographically, wherever I am, circumstantially, wherever I am, physically, whatever I'm dealing with, financially, whatever state I'm in, in other words, at every extreme in life, learning that Christ is enough. And I would say to you, this is a lesson we have to learn over and over and over again. I can prove it to you. In verse number 11, he says, I have learned it. And in verse number 12, he says, I am instructed. 
So he said, I've learned this in the past, but I'm still learning it every day. Look, if I had to ask you right now, would you rather be abased or abound? Well, you'd say abound. If I said, would you rather be full or hungry? You'd rather be full. If I said, would you rather abound or suffer need? Oh, I'd rather abound. But watch, Paul said, I've learned on both ends of this pendulum, at every extreme of the spectrum, that Jesus Christ is more than enough and I can rest in him. I can rejoice in him. I can be content in Christ. I don't know who you are, what you're dealing with, or what you need today, but I want to remind you, you can do all things through Christ, which strengthens you. Learn to be content. It's really interesting to me that this principle of contentment is always connected to Christ, but it is also continually applied to the Christian home. For example, Hebrews chapter 13 Verse number four says, Marriage is honorable in all, and the bed undefiled, but whoremongers and adulterers God will judge. Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content. There's those two words again. Be content with such things as you have, for he hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Isn't that wonderful? Everybody's going to live one of two lives. You're either going to be covetous or you're going to be content. Covetousness is wanting more than what God wants for you. Contentment is being satisfied with God's sufficiency. And what is the secret to the contented life? It is very simply this, realizing Jesus said, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. Christ is more than enough. If you have Jesus, you have it all. And maybe you're at the bottom today. Somebody said when you get to the bottom, you find out the foundation's still there. Well, maybe you're at the bottom of it today. But remember this foundation, you have Christ and you can be contented in him. Let's add one more to our list today because in this same context of Paul testifying about his own contentment, did you notice he also talked about the Philippians' ministry to him? He continues in verse 14, And notwithstanding ye have well done that ye did communicate with my affliction. Now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but ye only. For even in Thessalonica ye sent once and again unto my necessity, not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. But I have all and abound, I am full, having received of Epaphroditus the things which were sent from you, an odor of a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to God. Here's a man who had real need, real physical and material need, urgent need, and the Philippians continuously ministered to that need. Could we add this to our list today, Habits of Happy Homes? It is this, not only do you need to learn to be content, but learn to minister to the needs of others. And I would argue that those two things are not mutually exclusive, that in fact they are woven together that one of the great secrets of learning contentment yourself is ministering to the needs of others because as you minister to them, you're going to discover that God ministers to you. And as you see the needs of others, suddenly what you think are the perceived needs in your own life are not so big after all. It keeps everything and everyone in proper perspective. You know, we get selfish even talking about Christian homes. It's like all about us. Uh, I'm in a lot of marriage retreats and family conferences, and while I enjoy them, one of the dangers in meetings uh, that are concentrated on that is people can get very self-centered even about their homes. 
and forget that God gives you a family not to have a family, but God gives you a family so that as a family, you can more effectively minister to the needs of others around you. It's not bless my four and no more. It is rather, Lord, we do want your blessing on our home, but we want you to make us a blessing. We don't want to just be a place where you deposit your gifts and your goodness and your grace. We want to be a channel, a tributary, by which all of that grace and all of your goodness is communicated to other people. I love this this divine order here of contentment and communication. I'm content in Christ, and I'm communicating his goodness to other people. Now, when we return in our next study, we'll finish our list and finish this amazing chapter, Philippians chapter number 4, but I'm praying that you'll do more than receive this. I'm praying you'll begin to apply this to your life, build into your home life, into your daily routine, these holy habits, and ask the Lord to help you to live as Christ, think as Christ, and serve as Christ. As you do, you'll find the joy that only Christ can give. What can you take away from this study of God's Word? Where do you need to apply truth to your own life and family? God's Word is the guidebook for this journey of life, and we sincerely pray that you will follow it. Visit us at enjoyingthejourney.org for additional resources for your home and Christian life. Plan to join us again on our next study and encourage all of your family to make the summer road trip with us. May God bless you and those you love today.